growing in God's Word, and learning how to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Are there days when maybe you feel like that guy in the circus that's got like 13 plates that he's trying to all keep them spinning all at the same time and hoping that it all doesn't come crashing down on him? You know what I'm saying? It's a crazy, busy, hectic world that we live in today. Schedules are full, budgets are tight, workloads are heavy, and all of it can lead to a little something called stress. People are feeling overloaded, overwhelmed, and under-equipped for all that life brings them. Stress is often the result. The question is, does God want us to live our lives stressed out? And is there anything that can be done about it? While stressful situations may present themselves in our lives, I absolutely believe that we do not have to live stressed lives. I don't think it's what God wants, and I don't think it's what we have to have. Jesus gives us some instruction on how to survive stress. Hello and welcome to this week's Crosswalk. In our current series, Survivor, we're taking on today a subject that afflicts a lot of people, stress. As Pastor Clay is going to show us today, Jesus has some advice on how to handle stress in your life. Come to me. Just come here. Come under my yoke. Learn from me. Watch what happens in your life if you'll actually put this into practice in your life. So if life has you stressed out at times, you're going to want to hear today's message from Pastor Clay. Let's get started. Max Licato, in his uh, best-selling book, The Eye of the Storm, tells the supposed true story of Chippy the parakeet. You see, the trouble started when Chippy's owner decided to vacuum out Chippy's cage. She removed the the accessory to the nozzle, and just as she stuck it into the cage, her phone rang. This was a number of years ago, and the phone rang, and and she turned to answer the phone, and, and just as she turned to answer the phone and say hello... Chippy got sucked up in the vacuum cleaner. Well, the owner, as you can imagine, panicked. She, she uh, uh, slammed down the phone, turned off the vacuum cleaner, opened up the, the, the vacuum cleaner, the bag, and there was Chippy. Still alive, but as you can imagine, a bit stunned. And, and Chippy was covered with soot and covered with ash and dirt and stuff. So, so she, she's, she's panicked. She grabs uh, Chippy and she runs to the bathroom and she turns on the water and she sticks Chippy under the water faucet to wash him off. And she's washed him off and she realizes suddenly that, that Chippy is shivering and, and cold. And, and so she does, I guess, what any caring, concerned owner would do. She grabs the, her hair dryer and, and blasts Chippy with a blast of, of hot air. Max Cato said Chippy never knew what hit him. A couple of days after the event, the reporter who had initially written this story about what happened to Chippy called the owner just to check on Chippy's status and how Chippy was doing. And the owner replied, she said, well, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits there and stares. It's understandable, isn't it? Sucked in, washed over, blown up. Can I ask you a question? Does your life ever feel that way? Are there days in your life when you feel like you've absolutely been, been sucked up, washed over, blown up? Perhaps we are striking a chord today. There are days like that. There are days that, that you come to this place where 
where something's got to give. And sometimes it's us. <laughs> sometimes it's us. We, we, we break down. We, we give up. I'm talking about stress. Stress. Stress about, stress about your schedule. Stress about the kids' homework. Stress about the bills that have to be paid. Stress about something at work. Stress about not having work. Stress about everything that everybody else stresses about. Stress. Are there days when maybe you feel like that guy in the circus that's got like 13 plates that he's trying to all keep them spinning all at the same time and hoping that it all doesn't come crashing down on him? Do you know what I'm saying? Does that picture describe what you feel like in life some days? Maybe not every day, but some days you're like, yeah, change the face a little. That could be me. Stress. I want to ask you a question. Do you think that that is how God intends for us to live our life? Do you, do you think that God wants us stressed, worried, anxious, fearful, Doubtful, whateverful, I, I, I don't, I, I don't. And I am absolutely convinced, now you, you may not believe me on this, but I'm absolutely convinced that while our lives are busy, and let's not kid ourselves, some of us have very busy lives, that while our lives are busy and while stressful situations present themselves sometimes on an almost continual basis, that while stressful situations may present themselves in our lives, I absolutely believe that we do not have to live stressed lives. I don't think it's what God wants, and I don't think it's what we have to have. I think that Jesus gives us some instruction on how to survive stress. Remember, in this series, we're pointing out that in in the economy of God, survival actually means to thrive, that God wants us to thrive in the middle of those stressful situations that come, will come, school, work, family, home, responsibilities, expectations, all of that stuff that creates what a person would call stress in their life. I think Jesus has something to say about stress and how we can handle it. If you have a copy of God's Word with you today, you can open to Matthew chapter 11. Only just a few short verses, 25 to 30 today. I'm going to read it, and really focusing on 28, 29, and 30. But uh, Matthew chapter 11, I believe Jesus gives us uh, some, some, some answers about how to deal with stressful situations in your life. I hope that that, that strikes a chord for you. I hope that you are at a place that you would say, yeah, I, uh, there's a lot in my life that I let get to me sometimes. Then I want you to hear what Jesus has to say about this. We'll read Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 and following. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, 
and you will find rest for your souls. Does that sound good? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Father, in Jesus' name, I, I thank you for his words that he spoke here, teaching his original disciples uh, 2,000 years ago, but those words still echo through the years because of your word, which we can open today and make application for each one of our lives. Each person in this room experiences some degree of stress or anxiousness in their life. And depending on circumstances and situations, we've talked a lot about that, depending on that, uh, Father God, those, those opportunities for stress can increase. But I absolutely believe that your word is truth without any mixture of error, that it's able to divide soul and spirit, even joint and marrow, as the writer of Hebrews says, and I'm asking today that you would perform surgery on our hearts and lives. For those that may struggle with stress, anxiety, that sort of thing, God, I pray that you would help us to apply the truth of your word, that you as the great physician would open up our hearts, surgically remove things that don't belong there and sow into our lives your peace, your contentment, your purpose, because you say that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Help us to understand what that means today as you give me, your messenger boy, the opportunity just to share for a few moments. God, thank you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Thanks. Thanks, and be seated. Let me, let me give you uh, some, some ideas here about what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 11. And that little, that little piece of, of passage right there that hopefully you and I can apply to our lives in stressful situations. First one looks like this. You must accept Jesus' open invitation. Verse 28, I won't read it again. I'll, I'll read it again in a couple more minutes, but we just read it just a second ago. But this is the starting point where you have to go. You must accept Jesus' open invitation. Now, in the context of when Jesus is speaking these words, let, let me just, just bring you up to speed on this. In, in that context... Uh, the, the Jewish uh, leaders, religious leaders of that day, the, the Pharisees, and there were other branches of it, but predominantly the Pharisees, were, were bringing these religious uh, burdens uh, to the people. You see, the, the Mosaic law, the original law that God gave to Moses and that was for the people, he gave it to them for the people's good. There were, there were ceremonial laws that he gave. There were practical laws that he gave, dietary laws that he gave. He gave them because they were, they were practically good for the people and because they were designed to point people to the Messiah, the Savior, who, who would be coming. But through the years, as relig religious leaders are prone to do, if they stray from the Word of God, they began to add things to the Word of God. They began to add, you know, 1.1, uh, 1. 1. 1.1. Uh, point two, one point, three, you know, they begin to add all of these different uh, expectations and responsibilities for the people that they had to keep if they wanted to be in, in good standing with God, according to the religious leaders. And it was, it was weighing the people down. It was a burdensome to them. It was wearing them out, trying to keep, well, can I do this? Well, what about this? What day is this? Oh, can I? And it's just wearing them out. And in the middle of that, Jesus comes along and he says, hey, hey, Come to me. Come to me. Now, he didn't say this, but he may have thought it. These guys are screwing it up. Come to me. This is where you'll find rest. This is where you find release 
from your life. He was speaking to them about this burden that the religious leaders were putting on them and their responsibilities, these things they had to do. They had created, they had made the law of God into a burden instead of what it was intended to be, which was to set the people free. And Jesus says, come to me. I'll, I'll do something about this. And so it starts with this, this open invitation. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Now, obviously, that begins first with understanding the weariness and, and being heavy laden with, with the responsibility of my sins in my life. Understanding that the sin in my life weighs me down and wears me out, whether people want to recognize that or not, the guilt that they often feel for it. And Jesus says, no, it's, it's not in these religious expectations. It's not in doing this and doing that. It's not, it's come to me, come to me, this open invitation. Verse 27, you really see the sovereignty of God, don't you? When he says, says no one knows the father, knows except, except the, the son and who the son wills to come uh, to him. And who does the son will to come to him? Verse 28, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. It's an open invitation for people to come. Well, Clay, you're, you're, you're talking about evangelism. You're, you're talking about salvation. You're, you're talking about uh, spreading the gospel and people coming to know Christ. What does it have to do with this, with this stress that I'm feeling in my life that, that feels like a, a concrete block around my neck and I'm trying to tread water with this thing? What does that have to do with it? Listen to me. It has everything to do with it because you have to start at the cross. You have to start there in your life. Had it, okay, nobody, nobody under the age of 40 will know this. Some of, some of us over 40 might, might know this. How does, the old, how does the chorus to the old hymn go? Do y'all remember this? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. Y'all remember that? It was there by faith. I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. That's good. Y'all are good. That was good. It has to start there. It has to start at the cross where you understand that there's actually a place where I can unload this guilt. I can unload this shame. I can unload this, this, all this stuff that comes about as a result of, of sin in my life. And listen to me. When you understand, when you understand that you're set free from the power of sin and the penalty of sin, and you're set free from both of those when you come to Christ, when you understand, am I talking too fast? I'm just going. I'm excited. When you understand that you're set free from the power of sin and the penalty of sin in your life, that then brings you to a place where you, you can come to an understanding that you can give him everything in your life. You can unload everything in your life. So he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the call in our lives. Now, here's what I think sometimes people think. Okay, I got the whole sin thing. I need to come to Jesus. You, you, you guys are always standing up there and saying that Jesus is the only way and all that. Okay, if that's true, I get that. I understand I'm supposed to come to Jesus with my sin, but, but well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't come to Jesus over my kid's soccer schedule. I, I don't come to Jesus over the bills I've got coming due and I'm not sure how I'm gonna pay them. I, I don't come to Jesus over uh, this, this, this feeling in the pit of my 
stomach or in my chest that's just, just weighing me down because I'm having this struggle in my life with this person or that situation or that, that thing at work. I, I mean, I don't bring that stuff to him. That, 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 that's not the stuff of religion. You know something, you're absolutely right. If you were thinking that. It's not the stuff of religion, but it's exactly the stuff of a relationship. And isn't that what we're, what we're proclaiming all the time, right? Isn't that the very motto of cross-culture church? It's not about religion, it's about relationship. That's exactly the kind of stuff you would take to a person you had a relationship with, an intimate relationship with. You would say, man, I, this is a struggle in my life. Man, I am stressing over this in my life. And there's Jesus, and he's saying, come here, come to me. Bring it to me. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Um, uh, Warren, or not, sorry, not Warren, where to be? Um, A.T. Robertson, Greek scholar A.T. Robertson, says that that word rest there in verse 30 uh, has, has more than just the idea of, of just stopping. It, it actually carries the, the English best way to say it would be to rest up. It, it's to be refreshed. It's to be rejuvenated. And that's, the, that's this open invitation that Jesus is giving us. I, I want to I read you a passage of Scripture. Many of you have read it many times. Maybe some of you are hearing it for the very first time. Philippians uh, chapter 4. You'll see it on the screen. Let me just read it to you. Be anxious for nothing except that guy at work that's giving you a hard time, except for those bills that are due. There's no, there's no caveat in there, is there? Be anxious for nothing but in all things by prayer and supplication, which basically just means really getting down and praying. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let your, what are you stressing about? Let it be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That noise got me stressed. I don't know what that was right there. It's got me stressed. Be anxious for nothing but in all things by prayer and supplication. You Come on, you can say it. Let your requests be made known to God. And what happens? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, what will it do? It will guard, it will protect your heart and your mind in, in Christ Jesus. Isn't that exactly what Jesus is saying? Come here, come to me, bring it to me. Let's, can I tell you something? Let me let, me, let me let you in on a little secret. Actually, it's not a secret, but you would think it is based on how few people seem to understand this. That verse right there, and, and, and the subsequent idea that Jesus is saying, when he says, come to me, bring, bring all of it to me. That is kryptonite to the stressful situations of your life. That is how you deal with stressful situations in your life. You take it to him, you pour out your heart, and you let him meet you in that it, but it begins with this open invitation. A person who's not a follower of Jesus Christ, you may be here and you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've heard something about this old Jesus stuff. You're not sure what you think about it. Not sure whether it's worth giving your life to, whatever the case may be. A person without a relationship with Jesus, they have to accept this open invitation. And those of us who have become followers of Jesus already, we still have to accept this open invitation. We have to be reminded that, you know what? I, I have someone that cares about me that I can take all of this to. What in the world am I letting this burden and, 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 and bring me down. Why am I doing this? I have to accept Jesus' open invitation, okay? Listen, here's, here's something else that he has to say about this and stress in your life. Here's the second idea. You must take Jesus' specific direction. Let me read it, verse 29. Now listen, watch, he, he lays this out here now. Take my yoke upon you, 
and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Here's the result. And you will find rest for your souls. Do you see how these, these two work so beautifully together? The open invitation is come to me. And then the specific direction he lays out there in verse 29. And the two of those work together to bring us to this place where our stress, our burdens, our anxiousness, our whatever it is, those things can be lifted off of us because we come to him, but also because we're willing to accept, to take. We come to him and then we take his specific direction. And what is his specific direction? It's laid out there. It's very simple. It's not complicated, folks. It, now, it may not always be easy, right? Because of our own flesh, because of uh, the influences of the world, because of the enemy. It may not always be easy, but it's very simple. That's why Jesus gives very little commentary on it. But here it is. He lays it out. He says, here it is right here. Take my yoke, learn from me, receive my rest. Right there in verse 29. So there it is. There's how, you, there's how you get to this place that I'm trying to get you to. You're yoked, you're, you're, you're burdened down by the things of, of the religious leaders or the things in your life or the whatever. Here's what you need to do. You need to take my yoke. You need to learn from me. You receive my rest. And Jesus lays that out with very little commentary other than to say that, that how does he put it there in verse, verse 29? He says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, guys, there's no ulterior motive here. I'm not trying to, to get you or anything else. I'm gentle. And, this, I, care, I genuinely care about you. This isn't about me. I genuinely care about you, and I'm bringing this to you because, because I want to help you in your life. I want you to have victory in your life. So he lays out that, that threefold, take my yoke, learn from me, and then you receive his rest. Now, the truth is, most of the, this uh, whole yoke thing is, is lost on, on many in, in today's society. You know, so a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, yoke, isn't that the yellow part of the egg? No, not, not in this case. In the agrarian society in which Jesus lived, and, and some people still live today, they understood that a yoke was, was an instrument. It was a tool. It was a piece of generally a piece of wood, maybe with some iron, maybe all wood, but it was a piece of wood that connected two animals together. It would connect them together. Maybe, maybe two cows, maybe two ox, maybe two horse, horses. And it connected them together in such a way in, in the farming uh, context where essentially it doubled the, the horsepower or the ox power or the cow power to get done whatever it was they needed to have done. Plow a field, uh, carry a cart to market, whatever it was. Now, the analogy, well, let me, let me give you a modern one that maybe makes sense to some of you. Sometimes you may have seen like a, a say a, a fishing boat, an open fisherman down at the coast that might have two outboard engines on the back of it, right? But those two outboard engines have a steering and throttle yoke that connects them together so that they move in unison together. Can you imagine if, they, if the engines are each going there, doing their own, own thing? Now, here's where the analogy breaks down. The analogy breaks down when we think, okay, well, two engines yoked together, equal in power. Uh, two ox yoked together, uh, equal in power. I guess that means uh, me and Jesus yoked together, equal in power. No, that, that's, that's not the analogy that Jesus is making here. You see, 
in the agrarian society, it was customary when, when you were training a, a, a young ox that was coming up to, to yoke it to an experienced ox, an ox that knew what it was doing so that it could teach that ox how to move, where to go, how to respond to the master's uh, commands. And it is in that context that Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you. Come up under my yoke. Let me teach you. Learn from me. Learn what I want to teach you. I want to teach you how to do life. Life that is full, life that is abundant, life that is satisfying to you. Come up under, learn from me so that then you can experience my rest in your life. By the way, it gives me an opportunity to just say this. Can I tell you this? Everybody comes up under some yoke in their life. Can I just say this to you? Everybody comes up under some yoke in their life. They might come up under the yoke of... of uh, financial success or, or climbing the corporate ladder, or the financial yoke of, of in and out of relationships, or that's where I'll find something that'll bring me happy or, or, or a, a chem, chemical stimulants or uh, adventure, whatever it is, everybody is searching for the same stuff. I say this over and over again. Everybody is searching for peace and contentment and purpose and fulfillment in their life. And so everybody in one way or another comes up under some yoke and Jesus says, come to me, take my yoke, upon you. Learn from me and experience my rest for your life. That's it. That's the only way. That's, that's, that's all that you and I can do if we want to experience his peace, contentment, satisfaction, all those things in our life. It has to be a willingness to say, all right, God, I've tried to do this on my own. I, I've tried to do the Sinatra my way, whatever. God, it, it's just, it, no, I, I've got to come up under you, which simply means that you're, you, you hear what he says, you come up under him, under his yoke of, of, of how, to, how to live your life morally, how to spend your money, how to uh, treat other people, how to, all these things, you come up under his expectations of our life. We then, as a result of that, learn how to do life, the kind of life that he actually wants us to have, where we're not stressed out, anxious, worried, uh, looking to throw my computer off the table, whatever. We're not, and instead, we're able to actually live in joy and contentment and peace in, in such a way that other people in the office would say, I, I, don't know how, I don't know how she does it. I don't know how she stays so calm. I don't know, I don't know how she takes that situation. I know they're not treating her right there at work. I don't, I don't know how she managed. She, I mean, it's, it, she just seems at peace. She seems to have, that's exactly what he's inviting us to. But, but there, there's, no, there's no end around. There's no, it's this, you, you got to take my yoke. You have to learn from me and then you'll experience my rest in your life. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you to ask yourself a question. This is just to yourself and I want you to think about it for just a moment. The question is this, what causes stress in my life? I want you to think about that just a moment. Now don't, you're thinking about your own life. What causes stress in my life? It might be some general things. It might be, boy, this, this person or this thing is a specific. I know this causes stress in my life. Any of you that have teenagers, we know what causes stress in your life. You think about those specific things in your life. Now, with those things in mind, I want you to hear what Jesus has to say in uh, Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. That is why I tell you, this is again just Jesus speaking. That is why I tell you, not to worry about everyday life. Oh, man. 
You had to say that. Not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink, enough clothes to wear. Now, you can put that in today's context. Whether you're going to be able to, to, to pay your cable bill, whether you're going to have enough gas. Have you seen gas prices lately? Or are you, gonna, but you can put it in today's context, but it, it's, it's, it's the stuff of life, right? That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? I don't know what Peter would think of that, but that's exactly what God just says. You're you're made in his image. Can all your worries, here's a good one, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can all your stress add a single moment to your life? I didn't even talk about that. We all know the physical uh, consequences of stress in our life, right? I read somewhere recently that 90% of all headaches are stress-induced. It can cause heart problems, ulcers, shingles, weight gain, weight loss. And you hear what he's saying here? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Wow. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. That, that's, that's what the world, that's what the world, how the world always thinks. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God, is my wife's life verse. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you how much of what you need? I, I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, okay. I just want to make sure you saw that part. He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. In other words, Jesus says all the worrying, all the stress about what could or might happen tomorrow won't do anything for your today. The only thing it will do is ruin your today because you're worried about your tomorrow and it won't change anything. It won't make any difference at all. Now you think about in your own life, how much time, how much energy, how much of you do you waste on stress, on worry, on anxiety? Well, but I don't know if if this doesn't come through. I don't know if if I don't, and I, should I repeat what Jesus said? Why do you have so little faith? So Jesus says, listen, tomorrow will bring its own stuff, right? Because it will, it will. I, I think sometimes people think, well, I can have God's peace if God removes X, Y, Z from my life or if God brings X, Y, Z into my life. That's how people think. If, if, if God would just give me that job, then, then I'd be happy. If God would just take this situation out of my life, then I'd be content. If God would just do, listen, that is not how God operates because A, it's not true. Yes, if God changed your situation, it would probably alleviate some stressful situation in your life. But guess what's coming tomorrow? another stressful situation. There'll always be in this world, this side of eternity, in this sin broken world, there will always be something to worry over or be anxious about or to stress about. It'll always be there. So he's not going to do it because it won't really fix it. And B, what is the imperative of our life as a follower of Jesus Christ? It is to walk by faith. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says it's impossible to please God without faith. So I must walk by faith. And if God, I'll just be honest with you, you, you 
If God removes all the stressful situations in your life, what is, where does that leave room for faith in your life? So, so it, it's, it's, listen, it's not, it's not what this is about. I'll tell you this, let me just say this. It's not about what God takes out of your life. That, it's not about what he takes out of your life. It's about what he puts into your life to make your life better. Warren Wiersbe uh, says this in one of his commentaries about this idea of, of, of drawing near to him, taking his yoke, learning from him. He says, we find a deeper peace because we trust him more. That's in that stressful situation. Life is simplified and unified around the person of Christ. When, when, when Jesus says, hey, don't worry about all that stuff. And then he says, come to me, just come here. Come under my yoke, learn from me, watch what happens in your life if you'll actually put this into practice in your life. Okay, real quickly, uh, let, me, let me get to the third one real quickly before we go to close out the service. You will experience Jesus' complete transformation. If you do this, if you, if you follow these instructions, you'll, you'll experience Jesus' complete transformation. All right, verse 30, I'll read it again. Listen to what he says. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I want you to look at the contrast there in verse, in verse 28. Uh, it, it's, it's heavy, it's weary and heavy laden. In verse 28, weary and heavy laden. And we're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. But look what happens in verse 30. In verse 30, it's easy and light load. What happened? What, what, what was in between there? Taking, that's right, Jesus is in between there. Jesus is in between you and your stress. When you, when you come up under his yoke, when you come alongside, when you let him teach you and guide you and lead you in, in, in how life should be led, that's when you experience his peace. And he says, man, it's, it's my, 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 my yoke is easy. See, and again, I, let me just emphasize this. I'm bringing it up on the screen so you can see it. When I made reference to it, it's not about what he takes away to make your life easier. It's about what he gives you to make your life better. And we're, we're, we're constantly doing exactly the opposite. God, oh, I just pray in Jesus' name that you would remove that wicked boss from my presence. They, they're just awful. And God, if you would take them away, then everything would be so good. Now, God, you don't have to kill them or anything, but just move them, move them to another department or something. In Jesus' name, amen. That's how we operate. Now, you can fill in the blank about your own particular stressful situation in your life, but, that, but I, I bet you'd say in the majority of cases, that's what you do. I, 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 ask, I ask God to change the circumstance. And, and that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not, that's how the world tries to find peace. And we've already seen how effective that is. No, it's not about what he takes away to make your life easier. It's about what he gives you to make your life better. So the, the stressful situations, I said a moment ago, which will always be there. They'll come, they'll go. One is alleviated, one another one cut. They'll always be there. But in the midst of the stressful situation, you don't have to live a stressed life. That's what, that's what we're aiming for. And Jesus says, my, my yoke is easy. A, a, a good translation of that basically would be, it's well-fitting. This, this, my yoke, will, it's tailor-made for you. What I have for you, the purposes and plans that I have for you, will fit you just right. It won't feel like a burden. It will feel like something, oh, this, this is right. This, this fits good. Which is to be expected since he's created us for a relationship with him. And to enjoy all that he wants us to have in life, it makes sense that it would fit well. It's like, oh man, I, I hate this yoke. No, it, it fits, and it's exactly what we want and need in our lives. Uh, I, I've always kind of been a fan of Dr. Seuss. I, I, I just, you know, he's funny and he's clever. And oftentimes his, his stories have very uh, impactful truths 
in some of Dr. Seuss's stories. Now, I, I do not claim to be a Dr. Seuss, but I, I wrote a little ditty for the occasion. And I want to read it to you right now. Imagine a place called Stress Town, where all the people wear a big frown, where lives are fast-paced and, boy, are they busy, with no time to relax because they're in such a tizzy. The people felt terrible, their stomachs tight wound, and life was just awful in the place called Stress Town. There must be something better than this place, they thought. There is, came the answer, but you can't buy it. It's already been bought. God's son paid the price, and he says, come unto me, anyone, everyone whose load is heavy. Take up my yoke, follow me as your goal. I promise you'll find rest for your weary soul. So Jesus took their sin, their stress, their anxiety too. The people felt so good, all they could say was, phew. (laughs) These days, the people's stomachs aren't wound nearly so tight. They've discovered the truth. The Lord's load is light. And although they still reside on the same plot of ground, they've changed the name from stress to peace town. If you ask them, they'll tell you with great exclamation, the difference is Jesus. He brought transformation. No, no. So it's all right. That's, copies will be available in the lobby for five ninety nine a piece. No, listen, listen, listen. I, I've quoted Jesus a bunch today. He's never a bad one to quote. Can I give you another one? John chapter eight verse thirty six. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. This is, I tell people this all the time, this is either true or it's not. If it's not, let's get out of here, man. But if it's true, then live like it's true. And you hold the key to that. Jesus doesn't force his yoke upon anybody. That's why he says, you take, take my yoke. Take my yoke upon me. So, now let me say one thing, clarify, and then then we'll kind of close. As I said, to experience his peace in our life, we have to take that, that three-step thing he laid out there in verse, verse 29. We have to take his yoke. We have to learn from him. We have to see verse. We have to take his yoke. We come under his uh, guidance and authority in our life. We learn from him how to do life, not the way the world says, not the way I think or the way I feel or what I would like, but what, is, what does he say about, about where real life is found? And when we do that, we receive his rest. But now, here's the part I want to clarify. That is not a one-time decision that you make in your life. Oh, it would be so convenient if it was. Oh, I, I came down the altar when I was 11 and I, and, I, and I said, Jesus, I want your yoke. How's that working out for you now that you're 25 and you can't find a job? You understand what I'm saying? This invitation is an open, continual invitation to come to him and take up his yoke. And so that every time, as I said earlier, stressful situations are already always coming. So every time they're coming, every time I'm saying to myself, maybe even to that stressful situation, and, and I I tell people this all the time. If, if you, unless you don't want people to think you're insane or something, you got some fear of that, just speak it out loud and say, no, here comes this stressful situation. No, I will not. I will not receive this in my life. Jesus says that he cares for me, that he'll, get, that he'll take care of my burdens and, and he'll carry them for me and that he can work in my life and that he can give me his peace that passes all understanding to guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I will not receive this stressful situation in my life. And you'll have to do it over and over and over and over again because stressful situations will keep coming, but that doesn't mean that we have to live stressed lives. Every time, and I'll close, we'll go into an invitation, but every time 
If I were you, I would just memorize this little, this little ditty. Every time a stressful situation comes into your life, this is what you need to say to yourself right here. I can stress like the rest, or I can rest with the best. You just need to say that over and over again. I can stress like everybody else does. Oh, everybody's really good at stressing. I can stress like the rest, like everybody else does. Or I can rest with the best. I can trust Him for the situation in my life and believe that He's big enough, sovereign enough, powerful enough, loving enough to do exactly what I need in my life in that moment. Replace stress with rest. That sounds like a really great idea, but in order to make that a reality in our lives, we have to take Jesus' yoke and learn from Him. Jesus said His yoke fits us just right, but you and I have to be willing to put it on, to follow Him. What an amazing truth that God cares about us so much that He would show us how to live at rest. As Pastor Clay shared today, life will always present stressful situations, but that doesn't mean we have to be stressed out about them. We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk. Pastor Clay is the author of the book, I Get It, Discovering How to Really Live in the Promises of God. My prayer is that God would use it to help some people understand a few things about what it really takes to live in the promises of God. God wants you to live a life of peace and purpose and meaning and hope and fulfillment and contentment. He wants you to live a life without fear and without anxiety. Many people at some point in their life feel disconnected with the type of life and faith they read about in the Bible and what their lives look like on a daily basis. What is it that we're missing? What is it that we're not getting? If I'm not really living in the promises of God, why is that? That's what this book explores. I Get It is available online in electronic versions for the Nook and Kindle, as well as paperback from Amazon.com. And ask for it by name at your favorite local bookstore. You can go in bookstores and just say, hey, uh, have you got a book in here uh, entitled I Get It from Clay Stevens? They can order this book out of their catalogs that they get. Get your copy today. Discover the promises of God and the steps you need to take to get it. And join us here each week online for another Crosswalk message. God has invited us to know Him through His Word, the Bible, a perfect record of God's revelation to man and applicable for every area of our lives. And if you're in the Raleigh area, we invite you to be a part of cross-culture worship. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. We're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice real. Our desire is to be used by God to show people that a life built on the finished work of Christ on the cross is where they will find what they're searching for. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculture.church. I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place where your soul is fed. So hungry and thirsty, come and be blessed. Cross Culture Church, a new church for people like you, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross.